0: Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Daniel, he interprets dreams. What's he saying? Now I understand there's a state of readiness. You have opened the door. They see this as a problem. But I understand that you gave me my gift because I'm a problem solver with my gift.
1: This is Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford, Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller, and glad you've joined us today. We're beginning a message entitled Becoming What God Intended. And, uh, Pastor, as we just heard there, we're going to be looking at the life of Daniel. In this message, what can we learn from Daniel in terms of becoming what God intended you and I to be? Wow, what an example. You've probably been better off asking me Uh,
2: what is it that he doesn't teach us? Okay, (laughs) Um, Because that's a powerful book. Uh, Here's an individual that has learned that your commitment is that which concretizes you. It places your feet on a solid ground. Daniel teaches us how to stand alone as a believer. And he shows us the influence of a godly believer over other believers. Out of all of the Jewish boys that were taken to captivity, Daniel stood out because he stood up for God. <laughs> like what Doctor Warren Wiersbe used to say, when the outlook looks bleak, try the uplook. Oh, I like that. And yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I think that's that's what Daniel did from the very beginning. He had already made up his mind. Daniel one eight it says, and Daniel purposed in his heart. Yeah. Past tense. Yeah. yeah. And so you, you, you've got to come to the place where you make the decision before you need to make the decision. In, in other words, Steve, what I'm saying is you have to have a made up mind before you're put in a situation where there's the danger of compromise. Sure. You know, you, you end up like, you know, you get two young people and they're alone and they know they shouldn't be separated, isolated like that. And, you know, he he's trying to make a move and she says, don't stop,
1: don't.
2: And then they end up talking about don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. You know why? You put yourself in a compromising position and you didn't have a made-up mind. Because if you had a made-up mind that you were committed to what Christ wants
1: you to be committed to, then you wouldn't have been in that room by yourselves. Right. Well, that's uh, one very tangible example. Um, One of the things, though, that we see in looking at Daniel is, yes, he did stand up. But there were times where he had to wait on God as well. For the person who maybe knows what they ought to be doing, who wants to take that stand for God, but they feel like they're having to wait on him, is there a lesson that we can learn from Daniel in in that waiting period?
2: (laughs) You answered your own question. You wait in spite of your situation. What did he do? He stood on the revelation that he had. And when he stood on revelation... It governed his situation. And we need a whole program to talk about waiting because that's one of the problems that we have
1: as believers. We just don't want to wait. We want everything instantly. Well, maybe we'll talk about that next time. But right now, if you can, join us in the book of Daniel. We're in uh, chapter 2, looking at verses 23 through 26 as we begin the message, Becoming What God Intended. Here's Pastor Ford
0: the question on the floor for every one of us is the same if God's goal is to conform us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ and it is Romans 8 29b if that is his goal his purpose is that we would fulfill the destiny that he has for us so the potential for becoming who God intended you to become is within you now Uh, that, That success is not what we do. It doesn't have anything to do with what we do. It has nothing to do with what we have. But it is based on who we are. Because who we are determines what we will do and ultimately it will determine what we will have. Now that's what we're missing as believers. See, we throw out the baby with the bathwater. We listen to guys on TV who talk prosperity gospel, and then we turn around and we negate everything that God wants to do in our life. Here's what Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. In other words, God says, I came that you might have zoe, spiritual life. But it doesn't stop there, that you would experience life of abundantly. Abundantly. I would say, look at your neighbor and say, get a life. life. That's right. In other words, what what is abundant life? Full and fruitful life. That's what God wants for all of us. And so, we need to understand that the ingredients for success are in us. Now, God has given us what's necessary to be successful. It's in us. But that doesn't mean that we all will be. And we know that, don't we? But if we don't, It's our fault, not God's fault, because God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So we can't blame God, and we can't blame the devil either. We can only blame ourselves. Now, the reason we're looking at Daniel is because he's about to become the Tony Evans of Babylon. He's about to become the Billy Graham of Babylon. And what we need to understand is chapter 1, verse 17, tells us about his potential. But then chapter 2, verse 23, tells us about the actualization of his potential. In other words, we have the potential individually and corporately to do something great for God. Will it ever be realized? Well, if you're going to become... Uh, who God intended you to become, the first thing Daniel tells us, you have to learn to wait on God. You have to learn to wait on God. So we find then uh, that Daniel, uh, here in this passage, says God, uh, right after he finds out what's going on, he calls his three friends and he says, let's go to prayer and get before God and allow God to help us actualize our potential." So, he says, in essence, what he's saying to God is, listen, God, I'm waiting on you. So, in verse 18 of chapter 2, he's looking to God. In verse 19, he's listening to God. So, he's looking to God and he's listening to God. What is God doing with him? God is, in the waiting period, developing his character. Here's what the Bible says. Your gift makes room for you. In other words, what God is saying, He's giving you the potential to be able to have a larger capacity, and it's based on what He's already put in you. Your gift will make room for you. Even though we know what we're, we ought to do, we ought not jump up and do it too quickly. In other words, God is preparing us for what He's prepared for us. So why do we have to wait until God gives us the direction for implementation? Because what God is doing is setting up the circumstances while he is working on us. Why do we wait on God? Because, say it with me, God is preparing me for what he's prepared for me. And so what he's doing, the first thing we need to do, like like Daniel did, is went and waited before the Lord. Get before the Lord in prayer. Get before the Lord in fasting. And asked him to set things up. Let me give you a couple quick examples. When did David get anointed as Cain? Okay, so what's the average number they give us? He was about what? 17. Uh, When did he become king? At 30. 13 years you have a king's anointing on a kid. Now, Now, what did David do? God put him through situations and circumstances. Now, at 17, what does he know? I have the potential in me. I've been anointed. I am the king. I'm the next king of Israel. But he didn't run out and become king, did he? No, he didn't. He did what? He waited on God. And what did he do? Now, now walk with me with this. You know, some of you ain't interested, but, but, but walk with me. So what did David do? Now I know that God has given me potential. What do I do? You do what your next responsibility is to do. What happened next? Goliath. And Goliath became a stepping stone to who he ultimately was going to become, the king. He took that challenge, and what happened? God prepared him. Now remember, as a shepherd, he prepared him to shepherd his sheep. Now, fighting Goliath, he's preparing him as a warrior. Then who did he hook up with? Jonathan. And what did Jonathan do? Take him in the palace. And and how did that prepare him? Because he's been with sheep. He only knows how to act with sheep. But now God puts him with someone that teaches him how to act in the palace. So what's God doing? Preparing him for what he's prepared for him. And so what happens? His musical gift made room for him in the palace. How did that happen? Because Saul is being tormented by demons. What is God doing? God is setting the stage so we can become what he wants us to become. All the while, David is just doing what God is leading him to do. So he serves Saul faithfully. Saul tries to kill him. Then what happens? He's running for his life. And then what happens? As he runs for his life, Saul was in a cave. Anybody remember that? And uh, one of David's men was in the cave. He came back and he said, David, you'll never guess who I saw. And you'll never guess what he was doing. Now, for those of you who never read the passage, he was doing number two. David went in and cut a piece of his skirt off. So, so what, what did he say? What did he say? They said, it's time to kill him now. And what did David say? No, it's not. I'm learning to wait on God. I'm going to the palace, but I don't have to kill him to get there. Man, I wish we could learn that. You know, you don't got to hurt nobody, got to step on nobody, but all you got to do is learn to wait on God, follow His direction. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So, you wait on God, you wait on God, you wait on God. He's setting it up. Why am I here as pastor? You already know the story. 1979, I went to my wife and I said, God is calling us to go to Chicago. And what does she say? Everybody help me now. I'm on speaking terms with the Lord. He ain't said nothing to me. What was God doing? God was setting it up. In 79, South Shore didn't want a pastor. And so God set the circumstances up because I'm ready to go. I know I'm called. I know God's, God's hand is on me. So I'm ready to break camp. I'm ready to give up a good job, a good job. I worked for the light company. I had a good job. And so I'm ready to give it up. I'm ready to go. And God says, I haven't prepared everything yet. I haven't prepared it. I've got to prepare it so that they don't have a pastor. I've got to prepare it so they haven't had a pastor so long that when you come because you've never pastored before, because you've never been a pastor, you've only been a deacon, because they're looking for somebody with a doctorate and somebody who has five-plus years experience, and since you're a first-year Bible student, a second-semester freshman, and because you've never pastored, and because you're not what they're looking for, I got to wait. And hold you up so by the time you get there, they'll be desperate enough to call you as pastor. That's the truth. That's the truth. And they were. They were desperate. Everybody that come up in here had got run away. They needed somebody that was stupid and wanted to serve God. God said, I got just a man for you. What would have happened if I came in 79? They weren't ready for it. They wouldn't have wanted me. We wouldn't be here tonight. We wouldn't be here. And so what did God do? God used my wife. That's why I'm so glad I'm not one of these knuckleheads that say, well, we're going to go anyway because
2: God called me, and we're going to go
0: anyway. At least I'm not that stupid. And my wife said, he ain't said nothing to me. I didn't say anything to her for two years. Two years later, 81, I went to her, for, and only the second time, because I told God, I said, now, look, I know that I'm not going to be able to stay up in Chicago because that woman's going to want to come home. So if you want me to go, you're going to have to change her mind. And I kept my mouth shut. And I I knew when it was time to talk about it because I I would say, you know, baby, I've been thinking. You've been thinking about what? And finally, I addressed it two years later, Elder Dixon. I said, I think the Lord is calling us to go. She said, he is calling us to go. And you know what? One of the wisest decisions I ever made because that woman went through a literal hell moving up here. You know? And if God hadn't called her, I'd be back in Pittsburgh somewhere going up a light pole.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford, Jr., a message entitled Becoming What God Intended. And we're going to get back to this teaching in just a moment. Hey, If uh, you ever miss a broadcast, you can always listen to each and every program online at our website. Come to treasuretruthradio.org. You can also listen on the Moody Radio mobile app. It's available for Android phones and tablets and Apple phones and tablets. You're going to find links to the app when you come to our website, treasuretruthradio.org. Back to the message once again here is pastor ford
0: number two number two uh, you have to desire to be used of god you have to want to be used of god when we look at daniel when we when we look at daniel we find that he learned to wait on god but he said he said lord I want to be used of you. Notice what he says twice in the text. He says, uh, verse 18, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. Then it says, uh, verse 23, he says, I praise you uh, because you made known unto me now what we desired of thee. What was he saying? When he says, I want to be used of God, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17 he interprets dreams. What's he saying? Now I understand there's a state of readiness. You have opened the door. They see this as a problem. But I understand that you gave me my gift so that I would be able to meet a problem because that's why you gave me the gift. I would solve a problem with the gift that you gave me and my gift would open doors because I'm a problem solver with my gift. And so people will look to me and say, that boy is gifted in dreams. Nobody else can interpret him. Move him on up. Now, he became the first president under Nebuchadnezzar because his gift made room for him. And the latter part of the verse says, we'll bring you before kings. Why did they, why did they bring Daniel? Because he can interpret dreams. And Daniel says, now, I have, I have been given a gift by you. Now, activate it. Activate it. Activate it. And we talked about it. Remember Jerry Crow activator? No matter what you did, if you didn't put that juice in your head, it would not activate. Now, here's what God wants us to do. Allow the Holy Spirit to be president. He's already what? Resident. Allow Him to be president. What does He do? That's how you stir up the gift of God that is in you. The Holy Spirit is the gift activator. And so, as long as we're not filled with the Spirit, we will not be activated in the area of our gift and ministry. And so we need that very desperately. We need that very desperately. And so the number one reason why we're not being used of God is because we're not asking to be used of God. And the number one reason we don't ask to be used of God is because we really don't want to be used of God. And so Jesus hardly ever did anything for people just because they needed it done. He usually did what? He asked. Remember? Blind Bartimaeus? He's, he's blind by the wayside, and he and and he hears that Jesus is coming. He says, "Son of David, have mercy on me." And they say, "Shut up, shut up." And he was saying, "You ain't blind. I am, Son of David. Have mercy on me." And Jesus said, "Come to me." Remember that? Come on, give me this group. Give my group. Give my group. You're the crowd. You're the crowd. Jesus is right there. Get in the way, so he can't. Now he's blind by the way, wayside. He's got this blanket. Uh, That is outer coat that he puts down that people can throw coins on. And so Jesus says, Bartimaeus, come to me. Go ahead. Okay, now wait a minute. That don't make sense. I'm blind. You're Jesus. You can see. How come you don't come to me? Because... No matter how blind you are, whatever your situation is, you have to be obedient to what he calls you to do. He said, come to me. So then what he's doing in essence is this. This is what Jesus is doing. Even though you're blind, even though you're incapacitated, do you have enough faith to come to me believing that I'm going to do something. I never promised you that I would, but do you trust me to do it? Will you, in the midst of all of your incapacity and inability, make an effort just because I told you so? And so here's it is he's on the wayside. First thing it says, he threw away his blanket. Now, why'd he throw away his outer coat? Because that was his livelihood. That's how he got his money. You know what he was saying by throwing it away? What I used to depend on. On, I'm not going to depend on that anymore. Since he called me, I'm going to assume that he's going to heal me. Since he called me, I'm going to throw away that which I've depended upon all this time, and I'm just going to trust him. No more do I depend on the crumbs of people. I'm now looking for the bread of heaven. And so, what happens? Here's what happens. Go ahead, call him. Minute, come to me. Minute, come to me. He got to come through all that crowd, all those obstacles. Now, these are all the people who said, shut up, shut up, shut up. But then they said, he calls for you. Isn't it amazing that a blind man had more faith than those who had sight? Isn't it amazing how church folk are, because they had to be church folk, because they said, don't do it, don't do it, don't, don't build this building. You ain't going to get it up. You ain't going to get it up. You ain't going to get it up. And so you say, oh, 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 now the wagon's going. Praise the Lord. We got a new sanctuary. Hallelujah. But they're saying, ain't going to get paid for. It. Ain't going to get paid for. It. And what did he do? He came to Jesus. Now, what did Jesus say? What do you want me to do? Come on now. Help me, somebody. What do you mean? I'm blind. You're blind. But a lot of times, people will not acknowledge what they really need. They will not tell what their real problem is. So what I need to do is find out if you really know what your real problem is. Because everybody he asked, thank you, everybody he asked did not, did not respond. Remember the man at the pool Salome? What happened? Jesus said, would thou be made whole? What did he say? Every time I come to the water, somebody jump in before me. And uh, somebody, that's not what he asked you. He said, do you want to be made whole? Yes or no? All I'm trying to tell you is this, is that, listen, here's what the Bible says. When a man, and that's generic, man, woman, boy, girl, ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. This man is about to die and his three friends, but he has a gift, and he lets God use his gift, and God uses his gift because that's the way he operates. Number three, number three, keep moving towards the goal. How do I become what God intends for me to become? Keep moving toward the goal. Notice the word, therefore. He says, verse 24, therefore Daniel went unto Ariok, whom the king had ordained. Now, it's therefore is a sequential preposition of result. Say, so what are you talking about? All it means is he waited on God. He asked God to use him. Now, let's look at the results. In other words, he kept on moving. See, some of us fall prey to ready, aim, 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 aim syndrome. See, we put it in committee and we pray about it. The best way to stifle something is to put it in a committee. I think I told you what Warren Wiersbe said. A committee is a group of people who apart, do nothing, and together say nothing can be done. Pray about it. Sometimes that's just resistance in a religious disguise. Sometime there are folk who've been in this church five six years still praying about what they ought to do in this church. If God ain't told you in five years, you probably in the wrong church. Hmm, in other words, you got to know when it's time to worship and you got to know when it's time to work. Verses 20 through 23 there's worship. Verse 24 and following there's work. In verses 20 through 23, if you look at it, there's a praise party going on. And Daniel and his friends are saying, Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, because a Holy Ghost party don't stop. But in verse 24, they said we worship now it's time to put our hands to the plow and get busy. Matthew 17, Mount of Transfiguration. You know what happened there. Literally, his inner essence shone out through his humanity. And remember Peter, he got excited. Because you can get excited in worship, right?
1: That's true. Hey, practical advice on becoming what God intended from Pastor James Ford, Jr. You're listening to Treasure Truth, and if you missed any part of this broadcast, you're going to find it at our website. Just come to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, presenting teaching that can change your life and aid you in spiritual growth, that's the heart of our ministry here at Treasure Truth. God's Word never changes, and when it's clearly taught, the wisdom never becomes stale. And you can do your part in putting these teachings on the air by joining our faithful team of monthly partners. As the name implies, a monthly partner gives a monthly gift to ensure the ongoing ministry of Moody Radio. And we're increasingly grateful to those of you who have already committed to this partnership. But you can become a monthly partner right now if you've not done so before. Call us at 888-644-7660. Or if you prefer, go online to treasuredtruthradio.org. Well, when you become a monthly partner by AutoGift at a level of $30 or more, we're going to show our thanks by providing you with a 50% discount to Moody Publishers. That means when you're looking for Bible study tools like devotionals, study Bibles, commentaries, or kids' resources, you're going to enjoy the significant discount. So take advantage of this special offer when you become a monthly partner. Maybe you're looking for some resources on becoming the man or woman that God wants you to be. You're going to find books like The Ten Commandments of Marriage by Ed Young or digital resources like the A.W. Tozer Electronic Library. You know, there's something for everybody at Moody Publishers. Call 888-644-7660 or go to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. Listen tomorrow as Pastor Ford continues with more on becoming what God intended. So listen to Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.